There are a ton of transfer portal rumors lingering on the decisions of a few Syracuse players. What can Adrian Autry and company do as they head in to the third week of the portal? Or is it the fourth week of the portal? Whatever it means. There's thousands of players in the portal, and there are two or three jumping off the page for Syracuse basketball. It's your Locked On Syracuse Monday. Let's break it all down. Our Locked On Syracuse, your daily podcast on the Syracuse Orange, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Good morning and welcome into your Locked On Syracuse Monday. I'm Owen Valentine and thank you so much for making Locked On Syracuse your first listen today and every day. We are free and available wherever you get podcasts. Hand up. I got to come out and say it. My voice is shot today. I had an eventful weekend, uh, feeling a little under the weather, and we are, uh, we're going through a little bit with the voice this morning. So my apologies, but we still got a lot to talk about. Need to break a handful of news stories down in terms of Syracuse basketball, in terms of the portal. And there is a lot to hit on. Two big names, Hunter Dickinson, Chance Westry. You'll remember them because Syracuse recruited them. You'll remember Dickinson because he's outstanding, averaging 18 and change per game for the last two seasons. There's a ton to talk about. And all of it, most of it, I should say, is reliant on the decision of two guys. And you look at those two guys and one of them, as many of you could assume, is Jesse Edwards. That's the biggest decision. And the other one is Judah Mintz lingering on the NBA draft threshold, testing the waters. Will he go there? Will he come back? We don't know yet. Jesse Edwards, will he go pro in some capacity? Will he come back for year five in Orange? Jesse Edwards is the bigger decision in terms of the transfer port. And we have discussed this, and this will continue to be the ongoing discussion until we know more because Jesse Edwards decision has everything to do with Syracuse's ability to go get Hunter Dickinson and Hunter Dickinson, as, as you might know, for those of you that are unaware, right? Michigan junior Syracuse did try to recruit him uh, of the first time around. Didn't quite get to the level you might've wanted. Didn't get him here. Uh, But he goes to Michigan and, He's had three solid years, averaged 14 his freshman year, 18.6 in year two, 18.5 in year three, averaging 8.6 and nine rebounds per game in the last two seasons. He's a phenomenal player, really, really solid player, shoots the ball well, is an absolute presence, is a big man that you want on your team, 7'1", 260. This is a game changer and a season changer, and a career-identifying transfer if Syracuse could get Hunter Dickinson. This would be, for Red Autry and company, the biggest transfer you could possibly get. This would overshadow a J.J. Starling transfer. Hunter Dickinson is the one man in the transfer portal that is at the top of everybody's list right now. It's a recent announcement. We don't know all of this info yet. We don't know if Syracuse has contacted. However, 24-7 has discussed and had some conversations, and Syracuse 
is amongst those that are expected to be keeping an eye on, I think was the phrase that they used, or or a team that you need to watch because they have the ability or the need or a team that might be enticing for Hunter Dickinson to come to Syracuse and play with. Uh, the other two spots, one was Georgetown. That would be the hometown team. Uh, and Kentucky, uh, if you want to go pro, if you want to have a career, you go to Kentucky, right? Isn't that what we know? Uh, Big-time players go to Kentucky, uh, and they go to the league from there. Is that what he's going to do? I don't know. But Syracuse also has a connection. And you need to break it down a little bit. Because if Jesse Edwards says, I'm coming back, why would Hunter Dickinson want to play? That's that's a realistic question. Unless Syracuse is out of the blue going to go and move Jesse Edwards to the four, and you're going to go with a true big lineup with Hunter Dickinson and Jesse Edwards, I, I don't think there's a way that you want them both or could have them both on this team. Maybe you're going to say I'm wrong. Obviously, depth is great, whatever. But Hunter Dickinson is not going to want to come to a spot where Jesse Edwards is not going to want to come back if the other is there. Neither can live while the other survives. It's sort of like the Harry Potter uh, duality there. You can't have them both, is my assumption. And my comparison was it's going to be like when you had Rick Jackson and Arinze Onowako on the court at the same time. This is bigger than that, height-wise. Dickinson with the size, not as much Jesse. But this is not the style of play that it seems like Red Autry is trying to play, where you would have two bigs in that capacity. So I think you can write that off and that they would both be on this team at the same time. But if Jesse Edwards makes the decision and there has been rumors, whatever, he wants to come back, he's 50-50. I think Eric Diefendorf said that he's going to come back if he knows anything uh, or if Diefendorf knows, he knows right now that he's going to come back, whatever that rationale is. If he goes, though, Hunter Dickinson would be an incredible fit, an incredible pickup, and is the type of player that turns next year's Syracuse team from a promising team with some new young pieces. You could in the conversation of a national title contender, and I don't think I'm overreacting. If Judah Mintz comes back and Hunter Dickinson joins this team, This team can win a national championship, and I don't think I'm overreacting. That is the type of impact that this transfer would provide for Syracuse. A gigantic impact. And why are we talking this? Why are we breaking it down? Why do we lead the Monday episode with this? It's because that connection that we've been talking episode after episode after episode with every recruit that wants to take a visit to Syracuse, with transfers that Syracuse is in a conversation with, with rumors of people in the portal. It's that brand new assistant coach in Brendan Strong. Team takeover coach for a span of time. Who's a team takeover product? There's my alarm, 9.30. It's Hunter Dickinson. Hunter Dickinson, team takeover product. You have that connection now. And it seems like players want to play with Strong play for him. He knows what he's doing. He's very likable. And it seems like guys are drawn towards him, especially these team takeover guys. That would be so important for Syracuse. If this could happen, obviously it's reliant on Jesse Edwards. And we don't know what the answer is for Jesse. 
when it's happening, when the announcement is, and going from there. And that sort of handcuffs Syracuse a little bit in this process because you would want to get Hunter Dickinson here to Syracuse as quickly as possible, in conversations with him as quickly as possible, talking to, and I know this is not what you're you're doing as a coaching staff, but you know, <clears throat> a Weitzman, um, a collective reaching out and talking a little bit with the possibilities of him and what the money he could make in Central New York could be, because this is a massive player with huge implications that can elevate a team to the next level. And I genuinely believe that. And I think you can come out and, and, and get me wrong. And there's a realistic chance that we'll never know, right? It's a lot of ifs. If Jesse leaves, if Hunter Dickinson comes to Syracuse. But if those ifs become fact, Syracuse basketball could be damn near a national title contender next season in Adrian Autry's first year as a head coach. We'll take a break after that. We'll talk a little bit about Built Bar. The Built March Madness bracket is here. We know you have a favorite bar or puff, and now's your time to make it count. Go to BuiltMarchMadness.com to vote for your favorites. You know I'll be voting for the peanut butter brownie bar. And if you want Syracuse to win, you'll be voting for that bar as well. Support your team, support your bar or puff. And when you vote for your favorite bar or puff, you'll be entered into a drawing where 50, yes, that's 50 lucky Lockdown listeners will get a free box of Built. Not only that, but one Lockdown fan will win a 12-month subscription to Built to have Built's best bars and puffs delivered monthly straight to your door. You got to try Built. Built, the best protein bar ever. Seriously, they're so amazing and you won't think they're good for you. What makes Built Bars and Puffs so good? Well, for starters, they're all high in protein, low in sugar, and covered in 100% real chocolate. That's right. It's real chocolate. So run to BuiltMarchMadness.com right now. Vote for your favorite bar or puff and pick up a box. While you're there, you can vote every day in March. So hop on and enjoy or support your pick. All right. Continuing the transfer talk here on your Monday episode of Lockdown Syracuse. I'm Owen Valentine. We broke down a little bit of the impact that Hunter Dickinson could have if Jesse leaves and you start to attack and go for him in the portal and reach for him in the portal. There's another guy that Syracuse has contacted, another guy that Syracuse has been in talks with, and they did recruit him more recently than they had Hunter Dickinson. Uh, it is not as big of an impact in terms of the portal. I will start with that. But still a guy that can contribute and would be nice to have in the mix. Former four-star guy, top 40 player in last year's class. It's Chance Westry. And Syracuse was in Westry's, I think, maybe top 10. Uh, so they were in that conversation. They were making the first cuts. He played at Auburn. Didn't have a great year by any means. Uh, struggled a little bit. Um, <clears throat> I, I, I don't have a ton in terms of, of what he did last season. It wasn't great, but I think the potential is still there. And I think that would be a really, really big addition to Syracuse because of, of, of what you see. And he entered the portal on Tuesday. Uh, some of the schools that we have heard uh, outside of Syracuse, St. John's, Seton Hall, Memphis, Miami, Michigan, a few others in that mix as well. Uh, he was hurt a little bit this season. 
played in 11 games. Didn't play all too much minutes wise, averaged two and a half a game, uh, and then had a knee, a knee injury. Um, I believe, and he redshirted as well. So there is the full eligibility remaining, which is important there. And you talk a little bit about Syracuse and the guard spot right now, and your only pieces that are set are J.J. Starling and Quidier Copeland. You've got the question mark that is Judah Mintz. You've got a theoretical position transfer in terms of Justin Taylor. But you don't really have anything set in terms of a strong three-man card rotation. And I don't mean disrespect to Taylor, and I don't mean disrespect to Copeland. But having an extra name in that mix would go a long way to making it be a guaranteed four-man rotation or four-man option because we are banking on Justin Taylor and Quidier Copeland making a big-time jump in year two. And you can expect a jump, right? You, you should. And you should anticipate that between year one and year two, with a full off-season of training and eating the right way and nutrition plans, whatever it might be, uh, and, and basketball and all of that at this level, you should expect a big jump year one to year two. But it's not a guarantee, and we know that as good as anybody because we banked on a jump from Benny Williams last year from year one to year two that didn't really come. So you can have that expectation. You can have that hope. But I'd love to have another guy in the mix in possibly Chance Westry that could help contribute in that capacity. Because if you've got three guys that you're looking to make a jump with, your likelihood increases all the more that two of those guys will make that jump. And now you've got a three-man guard rotation that you can feel comfortable. Maybe the fourth is still popping in and out in some capacity, but not as big a role as would be required if Judah departs to the NBA and that's your three-man roto. Not what you exactly want in terms of needing a guarantee in two guys to make that jump. Is Chance Westry a guarantee in year two? No, right? He didn't have an incredible 10-ish plus games before he was hurt or without the injury. And he's coming off an injury, right? You always want to assume they come back stronger. They come back better. But we're dealing with ifs and a lot of ifs. And that could be the, the central motif of this episode is the if. And there are a lot of moving parts without a doubt, in these conversations. and every conversation you have in the portal, there are a tremendous number of ifs. And that is what we're actively trying to dilute at this point in time if you're Syracuse basketball and if you're a fan and you're trying to pick apart what could happen and the portal and some other things of that nature. That is sort of where you sit at this point in time. Would you like to have Westry? I think so. I think that's a big addition. Would I like maybe a few more years experience in a portal? That's why Dickinson is so appealing for a number of reasons, obviously. Yeah, would I like someone who maybe 
is a little bit more of a shoo-in in terms of what you can expect as a floor, like what you have with J.J. Starling and what you would hypothetically have with a Hunter Dickinson. Westry is a lot more of a wild card or a question mark or uh, a roll of the dice, if you will, in terms of what to expect as he returns. What happens from there? Time will tell. We'll see. But Syracuse in the mix, reached out. It's only been less than a week to enter the fall. So a lot will be able to be figured out as we progress forward in this discussion, in these conversations. But that's what we know for now. A couple other things to hit on today in our Monday episode. We're sort of all over the place in terms of Syracuse basketball recruiting at this point in time. We're trying to piece things together. We're trying to see where those last two-ish roster spots can come from. Do you give a scholarship to a walk-on in the program? Do you give those scholarships to players coming in? That's not what we know yet, right? Can you get a late 2023 guy? Can you get a guy in the portal? And what we're starting to see, and I'm getting rumblings from it on Twitter and conversations from it on Twitter, so we're looking at a guy or a couple of guys that are very much available from our friends up north and our friends up in Canada. And that is where we can start to have some conversations. And the name that, that is at the forefront in terms of Syracuse has talked with and is in some conversations with is a guy by the name of Matai Baptiste up in Canada out of Orangeville Prep. He's a 6'8 small forward, late guy in the 2023 class. He's a a solid talent, a guy that maybe isn't a year one contributor, but a guy that can develop and build into a quality attribute for Syracuse. I would be interested to see if that progresses and where his recruiting progresses at this point, because we are getting late pretty late in this 23 cycle and you're looking to try and figure it out and you're looking to figure it out in terms of that and where you can go from there and he's still bringing in offers uh offers ladder two weeks ago from cal poly binghamton syracuse is towards the upper tier of people that he's talked with but it would be interesting to see uh if he could come to syracuse in some capacity especially And I mean, no disrespect to a walk-on by any means. It's respect. It's fun. I love what they do. It's a good energy, all of that. But I would much rather use a scholarship position on a guy with potential that could pan out, that could elevate in a year or two's time in a a player like Matai Baptiste that that maybe has, has shown that. He's got some intangibles. He's got the size. He's got the height. Can you build him into a contributor a year or two down the line? It would be huge. It'd be fun. It would be really good for Syracuse. Uh, and he was playing in the uh, in the Canadian All-Canada game yesterday, uh, BioSteel All-Canada game. Uh, he was playing a couple other guys in that mix. Uh, I'll shout out Justin Knight right now, uh, former Syracuse runner, Olympian, great guy, fan of the pod. Uh, listener, so shout out to Justin Knight, reached out yesterday talking about another guy 
that is still looking to commit somewhere and looking to join in on some of these conversations. And that's a 2023 guard, 6'6 guard. So size, length, he can get out and move. I saw one of his dunks yesterday. Uh, he can get up. He's got some power, some explosivity. Guy by the name of Jimma James. That's an all-time name, first of all. All-time name. Jimma James. It screams basketball name. Uh, he was also playing in that BioSteel game yesterday. He's got some offers. Uh, A&M, VCU, St. John's, uh, Oklahoma State, Pitt, Miami, Georgetown, Virginia Tech, uh, per Josh Milliken. He's got some guys, but the recruitment is still up in the air, and we're, we're not really sure where these things go. Same with Baptiste. Same with Jimma here. We don't really know where things go, a timetable, because we are getting late in that cycle. And both of these guys have offers and a decent offer sheet for the both of them. But neither one really seems close to that decision. And maybe it's worth, as we still linger here, in a spot where you've got question marks surrounding your guard position that Westry could kind of fill. James would be a similar guy in that he's a player that maybe you're not necessarily sure how the jump will go, but is worth the shot. There's a lot of conversations that can continue to be had in the recruiting sphere, in the recruiting landscape. There are so many ifs, ands, buts, whatever. It's hard to follow. I'm doing my best. I'm trying to stay in touch with as many potential guys as possible. If I'm missing anything, reach out on Twitter, tweet at me, DM us on Twitter, reply in the comments. If you're seeing something, hearing something uh, that I'm missing, right? There are so many players, right? We mentioned it, over a thousand guys in the portal already. Um, a ton of guys unsigned in the 23 class still. 24 candidates in the mix now, starting to look forward towards that. Recruiting is, it's a gigantic beast. Uh, so if you are looking for recruiting info, I mean, one of my guys, Neil Adler, has been outstanding, always has good info, good insight, does a good little coverall with a lot of these guys. Uh, Mike McAllister as well. There are so many people in the mix that are doing phenomenal jobs around the Syracuse uh, reporting market in terms of recruiting, kicking it, killing it, amazing stuff. Go check them out, follow them. Uh, they beat me to it. Uh, I'm looking to them for a lot of uh, insight, info. They got better connections than I do. So they help me out a ton. Uh, shout out to both of them. Uh, give them some looks, give them some follows because uh, they're going to get you great stuff uh, over on those landscapes. A couple of things to mention before we wrap up this Monday episode of Locked on Syracuse. First and foremost, Cuse women's lacks. 13-0, another big-time victory this weekend. They are unbelievable. Unbelievable. Drop what you're doing. Get out and watch them play a game of lacrosse. They are so good. They are dominant. They are mid-season sweeping All-American nods. Um, mid-season stuff. I think they had five or six people in the mid-season All-Americans. They are tremendous. They are the team to beat. They have a target on their back, and they're saying, we don't care. We're still that much better than you. Awesome stuff. Go check them out. Watch them. Trying to get one of them on, have a little chat, bring a little bit more insight into what they are doing because it is unbelievable 
how dominant they are. Best start, I think, uh, I don't know, was it program history? I got to find it uh, and figure that one out. Another shout out, um, shout out to the Syracuse.com crew, uh, Donna DeTota, Nate Mink, um, Mike Waters, Will to Win, the Syracuse documentary on the 2003 team out on YouTube. Watched it last night. I was unable to make the premiere. I had to work, unfortunately, but got around to it last night. Unbelievable. Check in, watch it. Phenomenal to hear the stories, uh, to see them a little bit more relaxed. You're getting McNamara unhinged a little bit. You're getting Carmelo dropping F-bombs, having some fun, letting loose, really giving you some insight into the behind the scenes of that 2003 team and telling the full story of what is, as they described, one of the most underrated college basketball teams of all time. That's how good they were. That was the story that they told. And the Syracuse.com crew did a tremendous job telling that story. If you haven't seen it yet, please do so. Get out. It's on YouTube. Will to win. Give it a watch. Hour and 20 just about. You will love every single minute of it. Strap in. Enjoy it. Roll with it. That's all we've got for you today on your Monday episode of Locked On Syracuse. If you're looking for a little bit more in the college basketball sphere, Locked On College Basketball, Isaac and Andy, it's the national championship game tonight. Check them out. Everything you need to know on and off the court, plus big-name experts, coaches, players around the college basketball landscape. It's Locked On College Basketball, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Thank you so much for putting up with my voice in its current capacity. I am sorry. Hopefully tomorrow it's better, but who knows? Maybe it's worse. Uh, that is the game we play. Uh, wrapping it up today, if you enjoy what you're hearing, if you want to get more, if you want to get instant info on YouTube, the subscribe button is over here. Subscribe, turn the notification bell on. Know instantly when that goes up. And another video right here. If you're still looking for a little bit more, maybe you, uh, you're you not in the mood for a national championship talk. We got some other stuff over here. Give it a look. I'm Owen Valentine. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'll catch you tomorrow. Have a great day, everybody.